Hey guys, and welcome back to Wildly Aligned Marketing. Today we are talking about four lies that are holding you back from greater influence and impact. So if you are in a place where you feel like you're just not living up to your full potential and you know that you're playing small and holding yourself back, but you're not entirely sure what's standing in your way, this episode is going to shed some light on what is stopping you right now. Because I think so often when we are close to ourselves, to our business, it's hard to see that perspective. And it's like that saying goes of you can't read the label from the inside of the bottle. And that's where the power of coaching comes in, right? To have someone hold up that mirror for you and help you see what's really going on inside your head. So today's guest is Monica Spate. I love Monica. You guys are going to absolutely love her too. We have worked together in different capacities and we actually recorded this episode all the way back in March of 2021. So she was the last interview that I did before I went on a pause from my business and the podcast, and I am very excited to share this episode with you guys finally. So Monica helps Christian men and women step boldly into their call, execute their vision, and have a lasting kingdom influence and impact beyond the church walls. And what's cool about this conversation is that we recorded this before I pivoted the podcast and shifted my focus and really challenged myself and stepped out of my comfort zone to take my faith out of a box. And so Monica is coming at this topic from a standpoint of, you know, sharing scripture and looking at this from a biblical perspective. And so it's just very cool to see it in full circle because this is something that she is very passionate about. And you'll hear as she dives into her story, just kind of the heart behind her mission. So regardless of where you stand, as far as your beliefs, I really encourage you to stick around and listen to this episode because she dives into some really powerful um, truths to combat the lies. And these are really big things, you guys. So grab a pen and paper. You're going to want to take notes and write down anything that comes up for you during this powerful conversation. Welcome to Wildly Aligned Marketing. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know that seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Blenkush. I built my business back in the beginning of 2018 and very quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. I'm on a mission to help you own your voice and consistently find and attract the right clients online so you can grow a wildly successful business doing what you love. All right, friend, grab your coffee and notebook and let's dive into today's episode. All right. Well, hey, Monica, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you, Natalie. I'm excited to be here with you. Oh my Mm -hmm. goodness. It's going to be great. It is. Yes. Okay. So before we jump into all the good stuff, can you just like real quick, tell us who you are and what you do? Yes. Uh, My name is Monica Spate, as you know, we just said that, (laughs) and I am a kingdom success and mindset coach, and my focus is really helping Christians who are called to influence and impact and helping them get their message, their service out into the world and really impact the secular culture. Um, I am a firm believer that we are wired to produce. I believe God has called us uh, to represent him in the earth and represent him in the culture. And not just beyond, not just within the church walls. I think we have, you know, gifts and callings that we have that we can use in the church and in our ministries, but it's the world that needs the impact of the kingdom. And I know that I'm called to Christians who are called to have that influence and impact. And so I believe it brings a smile to the father's face. I really do. I think Jesus smiles when we produce fruit. Um, And so I am all about helping Christians produce fruit and glorify God. The Bible says when we do that, that we show ourselves to be his disciples, not just by the way we love each other, which is also scripture, but by producing fruit, getting stuff done. And so I'm excited to serve uh, people who really are wanting to get their vision out with clarity, consistency, confidence, and courage. Yeah, I love what you do so much, especially the fact that, like you said, you focus on making that impact outside of the church walls, because I mean, I was just having that conversation with someone the other day, like there is so much um, emphasis, especially within the church community of like getting involved in the church and like, like, of course, that's wonderful. 
And like, but there, there's also people who are called to step outside of that. And I think there's a lot of, um, almost like discomfort around that, you know, like it's not what people are used to. It's outside of the box. And so there's a lot of people that are kind of like, I don't know what to do with that or how to react to that. And so it leaves people feeling all sorts of ways. <laughs> yes. You know, it's funny you say that, Natalie. Most people that I work with, and including me, like I was raised in the church. My dad was a pastor. Um, my brother's a pastor. Um, I've worked in around, been around church for years. And it's really interesting because a lot of people that I work with um, often have really, you know, great ministry gifts and they serve in the church. And that's wonderful but they always feel uncomfortable when they take their gifting, their skills and their talents outside the church and either charge for them, right? Or it becomes a business. They don't know what to do with that. They feel like um, it's ungodly in some way. And, and, you know, for some people, a lot of people that I work with, they always, they also struggle with this sense of, are they allowed? Yeah. Are they allowed to actually, you know, monetize their gift and their call in, in the world? And do they have to get permission from their pastor, permission from someone? Are they, you know, like, they don't quite know what to do with that. And so if they take what has been beneficial to the church community and then they start benefiting the world with that, they often feel uncomfortable and are pr- pretty disconnected. And so they end up hiding in the shadows mm-hmm. and they end up playing really small. Um, and they know they're called to influence. They know they're called to have great impact. And they're, they're, just, they're just unsettled. And I know that I'm called to help them step out of the shadows, to lead with boldness, with confidence, with courage. And I always say unapologetically embrace their freedom to flow in their divine purpose. That Mm -hmm. is what God has called them to do. And I think when we understand that the body of Christ um, has many gifts and many members, and we have to kind of embrace how God is, he uses everyone to do things different. I think, you know, the body of Christ is very much like a kaleidoscope, right? Mm, It is just beautiful, depending on where you look at it and, you know, what direction you're standing and you see something different. And we have to really learn to embrace the diversity of God that is beyond what we see just in within the church walls. Mm-hmm. So funny you said the word embrace because that's what was coming to mind too. It's like embracing the unique giftings, the unique calling, the like everything that is so unique about us, right? Because, you know, as the body of Christ, that, that verse about, you know, the different like parts and it's like, well, that's true. Mm-hmm. Like we all have different places where we fit. Um, and I love the kaleidoscope analogy too, um, because that just gives me such a beautiful picture, but it like, that is the truth is like, there are people that are called to serve within the church. There are people that are called to serve, you know, outside of the church. And it's, you know, regardless of, um, where they fall within that or what kind of impact or influence, um, they're called to make. It's so sad to me when I see people who are, are feeling, like they can't embrace whatever it is, right? That is wonderful. I love the word embrace. Like yeah. even in my program, one of the things I, with my students, I do is I have a workbook called Embracing Your Design. And we go, and design is an acronym, and I go through helping them identify their defining moments and experiences and passions and interests and skills and their natural abilities to help them identify how did God create them? How are they wired? Because that design, the way that God designed them is meant to be used to reproduce right? His, his work in the earth and represent who he is in the earth realm. And it's really interesting because that's what I find the most with people that I work with is that, or that I run into is like, I kind of have an idea of what I'm supposed to be doing. It's not like I don't know my purpose. I just have a hard time fully embracing it because mm-hmm. once I say yes to it, it may ruffle some feathers. People may not understand why I choose to do this outside of the church. And here's the thing, let me just say this really clearly. When we talk about church, and I think this is where we as just believers and as a community of believers have to really understand is there's a big C, which is a universal church. Then there's a small C, which is the local church. But when I say big, not necessarily in, um, in what's more important, but kind of in size, right? The universal church is every person that's a believer, every mm-hmm. single person. So anything that we do that honors God and that moves the kingdom forward, we are serving the church. And so we have to kind of step out of this, this, this smaller mindset, I think, that the only place to serve is within the local church. And I'm not saying that we don't need to serve within our local churches. Absolutely. If God's calling you to do that, you need to do that. Do whatever God says. I'm all about being spirit led. But let's not, let's not get it twisted. Before, mm-hmm. you know, we came, we, before church as we know it existed, they didn't have that. 
in the Book right. of Acts. They just came together in homes. And so I think it's important for us to remember that the universal church is every person who's been, who has accepted Christ and is called to Christ and is doing what he's asking us to do, and we're advancing the kingdom. And so I try to remind people that we have to embrace who God's created us to be, because that's the only way we're going to have the influence that he wants us to have and the impact that he wants us to have, because every single person, Natalie, has a God-designed, God-breathed space. That's what I call it. I feel like when he created me, he blew into, the, blew into me, blew into the space and said, it's yours. Now dominate it. And mm -hmm. I can't do that if I'm worried about what everybody else says, if I'm worried about people thinking that I'm not as godly or as spiritual because I make money through coaching and I use kingdom principles. Like, I'm sorry, you have to yeah. kind of work through that thing, right? Yeah. But I have to serve in the way that God has called me to serve. And, and I really want to help people step into that because the world needs it. The mm -hmm. world needs it. Yeah. Well, and it's like when we, when we fall into, I mean, it's the people pleasing is what it is like falling into, yes. I need to, um, you know, there's these obligations that are just expected of me, you know, and you, you talked about like the local church. And so I'll give that as an example. Like, I mean, women in the church, like women's ministry, kids ministry. I'm like, I am not at this, in this season of my life, I'm not called to either of those things. Right. Like, it's just, not me, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. I hear you. I, me too. <laughs> right. And it's oh, like, you I know, thinking it. about, thinking about like the impact that I'm called to make, like that, like what you and me are both doing, like we're having a tremendous amount of impact through what we're doing Absolutely. to the, to the church, right? The whole, Absolutely. like the universal church, but it's not the local church and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And you know what? Let's think about this, Natalie. Now that you say that, think about this. Church as we know it this year was not church as we knew it, you know, about a year or a little more than a year ago, right? Yeah. So there literally were physical walls from, from the most part that we would serve within. Mm -hmm. You can't do that now. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done consulting with churches as well. And I've, you know, helped them kind of get their online um, um, audience, I mean, platform together and kind of think about how to engage with their, their um, members and people. And so here's the thing. It's really interesting because working with with them, what I realized was there wasn't a four walls. How do people serve? Well, they're serving online, uh -huh. right? They have to welcome or quote unquote greet or usher or whatever you call it online. Well, how do you do that? Because there's no four walls to do that within. And so the reality is you're actually having an impact in culture now because you're outside of the four walls and people are kind of coming by your church doors on Facebook. And they're just happen happening, you know, they're, they're kind of perusing, right? Walking by, if you will. You know, it's like in, in, in reality, you drive by a church, you see something, you hear something, you might stop. Well, it's the same thing. They're scrolling their Facebook uh, feed and they see a church service and they might stop. So now here's where you're actually having the impact. And so the reality is, you know, I think it's always been God's, God's design that our impact is always ha is in the culture, mm -hmm. right? My dad used to say this, Natalie. He used to say, you know, it's no reason for us to shine our armor up inside the church and point it at each other. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of that? You know, it is to go out and to fight the good fight of faith. And we do that not by this kind of, um, kind of in our, uh, in our mind, fighting the good fight of faith by just praying and reading. And that's all our spiritual disciplines are important, mm -hmm. but it's by executing. It's yeah. by executing the work God's called us to do. And I tell people all the time, you glorify God when you create and execute God-centered goals. Mm. That's how we glorify God is by doing what he's asked us to do, by obeying him. And that's how we have impact in the culture. And that's how we influence mankind. So good. Well, and I love what you said about, you know, like that's a very valid point of last year, the church is closing and there's no more, no more four walls. And like the thought that comes up to me, I'm like, oh, how the tables have turned. <laughs> like, welcome <laughs> online. <laughs> now how you're doing it? what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> how about, and you know, it's, it's crazy because some, churches unfortunately haven't been able to sustain be sustained during this time yeah right because it's very different and they don't you know and they don't quite know what to do and so praying that God will open the doors and help them figure out where they need to go mm -hmm. but I think it's a good reminder of how God this is why I'm all about flow right all about being unapologetically free to flow is because you've got to flow with the, the pace of God you've got to go where he's mm -hmm. going because if you're not you become irrelevant and when you're irrelevant you no longer have impact you no yeah. longer influence What's mm -hmm. not relevant, relevant today does not influence me tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. just what it is. And so we have to stay relevant. We have to maintain the influence of salt and light in the earth because that's how things change. Mm -hmm. We are the answer to social ills. 
And we don't do that simply by, I don't know if you know, I used to work um, for members of Congress. Um, mm. I've done social advocacy work. Um, so I've worked on both sides. I work for members of Congress and I hear people come in and talk about their you know, issues and lobby. And I've also worked on the other side where I actually lobbied and did advocacy on the Hill. Yeah. And it's really interesting because, you know, it's our presence in those places that people get to hear and see what we do, right? It's not so much about just having these kind of walls and, you know, they find us somewhere, but we have to go out and execute. And it makes a huge difference uh, when the culture gets to see who God is through us by us doing the work he's created us to do. Yes. Oh, so good. Okay. So you have four lies that you wanted to share, and I would love if you could dive into those. Um, basically four lies that are keeping women back from really fully embracing, right? What that vision and that impact is like we've been talking about. Yes. Yeah, so lie number one. So I'm going to share the lie and then I'll, uh, then I'll share the truth and then we can, we can go there. So lie number one is you're afraid. So here's the thing about this. I really believe the enemy has pulled the wool over our eyes. And, you know, we use a lot of cliches like, you know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind, and perfect love casts out all fear. And this is all true. But one thing God started to reveal to me when I stepped into full-time entrepreneurship, like literally, I felt like I was thrust into this thing before I could like catch my breath. And I felt like, oh my God, I'm just overwhelmed with fear and all these things come up. And so We've, we've been told that we're afraid. I think more than we are afraid. I think the messages of, oh, you're afraid, you're afraid. It's great, it's great messaging, it's great copy, it's great writing, you're afraid, you're afraid. And the reality is, it's not that we're always afraid for the sake of, you know, there's something happening and we just, oh my God, we're just so afraid. As much as it is, we just can't see. Mm-hmm. So the lie is you're afraid. The truth is, you just can't see. You need clarity. And here's, here's the example that I give. I always say, if you're driving, at night and it's a storm and there's no lights on the road and your headlights don't work. And I say to you, Natalie, get in your car and I want you to drive, you know, to your friend's house. The likelihood of you getting in that car, not being afraid is slim Mm -hmm. because it's dark. You can't see. Now, if I say, Natalie, I want you to drive to your friend's house it's daylight, the sun is shining, the sunroof is open, you have, your glasses are clean, right? (laughs) You have clear vision. You're not gonna be afraid to get to your friend's house, Mm -hmm. even if you don't know where she lives. You'll GPS it, you'll get wisdom and you'll get there. Even if you have your GPS in your car and it's dark, you still won't get there because you don't have clarity, you can't see. And this is what God began to teach, share share with me, And that is in Genesis chapter one, God said, let there be light. First thing he said is let there be light. And after God spoke light, then he began to create. And what he shared with me in my early in my journey, and and still kind of early, I've only been in uh, business uh, going on three years, I think, something like that. Well, full time. I've been doing this for a little bit, but I've been in full time Mm -hmm. for about almost three years. And he said to me, just ask me for clarity. Ask me for light. If, I, if you get wisdom, James said, if you ask for wisdom, he'll give it to you without finding fault, right? He'll give it generously without finding fault. Mm-hmm. And I realized when I begin to lean into God to say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling all these emotions. So that must mean I have some stronghold of fear. Oh my God, there's something wrong with, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Stop. Relax. This is what God said to me. Relax. Ask me. Mm-hmm. Natalie, I'm telling you, God has never failed me. And when he began to show me that you don't have a stronghold of fear, right? It's not, it's not uh, that you are in living in persistent fear. It's that you just can't see. And so the remedy for that is simply to seek God for wisdom. And mm-hmm. so when God showed up in Genesis chapter one and said, let there be light, sun, moon, and stars didn't come until I think the fourth day. So we're not talking sun, moon, and stars light. We're talking about revelation. We're talking about illumination. God showed up in the earth and illuminated everything. So he knew where he wanted and he began to work. And in seven days, creation was. Mm-hmm. So guess what I get to do? Genesis 1 is a framework for how to execute. The first thing you do so that you can step fully into your influence so that you can have the kingdom impact he's calling you to have, the very first thing you do is get clear. Yeah, Clear, not just on your purpose. Here's what we, we miss it clear on your season of purpose. 
Because it's not good enough just to know what you're called to do. You have to know when you're called to do it. So mm -hmm. if I'm in a season of preparation, I can't try to execute. If I'm in a season of execution, it's not time for me to do, do a bunch of research on something. I have to know my season. And when God clarifies the season, he'll clarify the assignment. And when he clarifies the assignment, he'll give me the actions. And so I want to tell women, don't tell yourself, you really examine. Let me say this, examine yourself and see if you're really afraid or if you just need clarity. James chapter one and five, memorize it. Every time you feel overwhelmed, this is what I do. Every time I feel overwhelmed, I stop. I say, wait a minute. This overwhelm is outside the grace of God. This is not God. God, I don't know what to do. I can't see. You said you give me wisdom. Generously, without finding fault, show me. Girl, let me tell you, every time, every time he shows up for me. I'm just yes. saying. So yes. that's lie number one. Oh, that's lie number so one. good. So good. I love the analogy that you give for that with the car and drive. Because it just, it makes so much sense. It's like, well, yeah, like we're feeling afraid because we can't see. And the simple, like, like putting it in that context, it's just like, oh, like it just, it just like snaps you out of like, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Oh, like panic. Like it's not helping you at all. Um, <laughs> it's not helping. Right. It's not helping. And it slows you down. So that's the goal. The goal of, and this is what I call his exposure because I can't stand the devil. So I, I like to expose him. So we're exposing him. This is, we're exposing him today because what's, it was funny you say that. You're like, oh my God, it's to slow you down. Like if you yeah. have a dense thick fog and you know, it's dark, you're not moving very fast, if at all. So mm -hmm. the whole goal is to paralyze you, hear me, with action and inaction, mm -hmm. right? So when you think of being paralyzed, we often think when we're afraid, we don't do anything. Well, that's not the only thing that happens. We're also paralyzed by the wrong action. Mm -hmm. So instead of us getting in the car, realizing it's dark and deciding, okay, let me check my, my lights. Let me make sure my lights are on. Instead, we're in the car, we're calling our friend. Oh my God, it's dark outside, what should I do? Or we're doing something else. Nothing that's gonna move the needle on me getting from, to my destination. So mm -hmm. the enemy paralyzes us by action, the wrong action, and also by inaction, by keeping us feeling stuck. Because we're not stuck, we can move. We feel stuck. And what do we say to ourselves? Oh my God, I'm stuck. And guess what? Being stuck is good. It, it sounds good. But the truth is we're not stuck. We feel stuck because whoever Christ set free is free. Right. So we tell ourselves things that simply are not true. Why? Because the enemy can't stop our purpose, but he wants to slow us down. And so we've exposed him. Lie number one, you are right. not afraid, my, my friend, my sister. You just can't see. Get clarity and then get moving. Right. Well, and I think what you said about being stuck, I feel like so many people say that because it sounds like a valid, like, well, if you're stuck, again, with the car thing, if you're yeah. stuck, well, of course it's a valid, like, I mean, we, we got a bunch of snow yesterday in Minnesota, not happy about it, but it is what it is. And like, if I got stuck in a ditch, like that's a very valid reason that I am late for whatever, because I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. So we yeah. say we're stuck and then we go like work on our logo for the hundredth time oh or redo yeah. our website copy or whatever <sighs> random training that like the amount of things that I'll see women doing. And I'm like, what are you, you're procrastinating, you're procrastinating, learning. you're procrastinating or whatever you're doing. <laughs> that is what it is. Procrast and I was, oh my God, that's why I love what I do because I was that person. I was so that person. I was afraid to step into um, what God was showing me because it was too big. Yeah. It was just too big. I didn't know what to do with it. I don't know where to start. And do I have enough money? Do I have enough resources? How am I supposed to get the help? I've never done this before. Where's the model? And so all of these things are going on in my head. I never stopped once to say, God, show me like mm -hmm. real simple. Yeah. Show me just the very next thing. I don't need everything. I always say this, you know, and I may just make them up later. It's like, you know, we don't need the whole loaf of bread. We just need one slice. Mm -hmm. Even when it comes to paying for programs and when it comes to investing in your, your, your call, right? Whatever that is, whether you need coaching or whether you need a, a training, we always think about, oh my God, it costs $5,000. And, but you know, they have a payment arrangement and you can afford, I don't know, a thousand a month or 500 a month or 200 a month. You can do that for mm -hmm. one month, right? But we're so overwhelmed by the big number that we never take action on the ones God gave you the slice. Look at, you know, he gives you the slice, you move with the slice. And when you move with that slice, he'll give you another slice. Mm -hmm. So I tell people, move with the clarity you have so that you can get the clarity you need. Right. 
Right. You don't need more clarity if you're not moving with what you have. So why do you need more? Right. No. Like you're not even using that slice and you want the whole loaf. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) But like we do. Because you know it feels good. Yeah. Because it feels good. We feel comfortable. We feel like we're protected. We can see it. And God's like, that's not dependence. Right. Exactly. It's hard. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so hard. Yes. Yeah. Totally. I don't have that down. Like I'm speaking to myself here too, but it is. yeah, it's, it's, again, it's really relying on God. Like we're not relying on yes. God when we're, when we've got the whole loaf and we're like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because if you think in the Bible, you think about Paul, you know, a lot of times what we think, you know, you can't work in the dark. You just mm-hmm. cannot work in the dark. What we often think is working and making, you said it earlier about doing all this activity and we're doing all this stuff we think we're moving. And the reality is you're not. Paul was a great example of this. He has all this knowledge, all this information. He's like the creme de la creme of creme of the Pharisees and he's killing Christians. He's doing all, he's thinking he's getting it done and he's living in the dark. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until he was blinded that he could actually see. Yeah. And because God wants to give us insight. The insight is revelation. And when we get that revelation, look at Paul, it changed everything. Mm-hmm. And so I tell, you know, myself all the time and women and people that I work with, stop thinking that you can see and let God close your eyes and give you revelation of what he actually has for you so that you can see it from a spiritual lens and not just from a natural one. Mm, yes. Changes the so game. Good. Yeah, totally. Totally changes the game. Um, okay. So what's lie number two? Lie number two is that the facts are the truth. Mm. The facts are the truth. And the truth is what you can't see is what is real, Right. So again, I I use a lot of uh, scripture because that's kind of where I train and coach from. Um, And if you look in anywhere in the Bible, you can look in 2 Corinthians 4, uh, 16 through 18. And it's throughout the Bible where it talks about, you know, what we see is temporal, what we don't see is eternal. And this is something my dad actually taught me. And so he would say things to me, you know, I'd get all overwhelmed and, oh my God, this happened. And the fact is, right, let's just say, uh, the fact is, I can give you a real story. The fact is I was fired from my job, I was discriminated against, and I was treated unfairly. Mm-hmm. That's a fact, right? Mm-hmm. I could make that fact my truth. There's something wrong with me. I'm an, you think, they think I'm an angry black woman, or you know, as a black woman, I'm not able to, or I'm never going to be treated right. And I can make that my truth. Mm-hmm. The fact is that happened, but the truth is God was propelling me into another part of my destiny. Yes. And so what we often do is we take the facts that we see and we make it truth. If it does not align with the word of God, it can't be my truth. Mm-hmm. It is a fact. It is a fact they killed Jesus. It is a fact that they've done all, you know, they've done things to people in our world. These are facts and facts we have to live with and deal with. But the truth is the eternal truth is that Christ didn't, Christ was not killed. He laid his life down. Yeah. Right. They didn't take something from him. They really added us, like this whole body he had, he now has. And so I think when we are building our businesses, we're speaking to audiences, we're executing the work God has called us to do. We see a lack of resources. The mm-hmm. fact is I don't have enough money in my bank account, right. Mm-hmm. To execute or to let's say, take this training or sign up for this coaching program. That is, that is an absolute, um, fact. Mm-hmm. The truth is God always provides for what he plans. Mm-hmm. So if God is telling me to take this program or to sign up for this thing or to get on live and do something, he, he's obligated, Natalie, he's mm-hmm. obligated to provide. If not, he can't tell me to do it. He cannot give me a directive that he's not going to provide for. He mm-hmm. just, it doesn't, that's the truth. That's biblical truth. And yeah. so what happens is as um, what we do is we actually believe the facts. Mm-hmm. The facts are just facts, but they're not always the truth. And that, that's what I want women to understand is that you don't have to believe everything that you see. You don't. Mm-hmm. We're told to, but we have to renew our thinking around what is true, what is right, mm-hmm. right? And when I understood that, it stopped me, this is so crazy, it stopped me from worrying about getting clients. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it stopped me from worrying about getting clients. Mm-hmm. You can't give me a business, Lord, and then tell me how to cancer. Like, who does, who does that? Right. Yeah, Monica, I want you to start a business, and I don't want you to make money. Yeah. And 
I don't want you to have clients, but I want you to serve. What? 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 <laughs> How does that happen? Who does that? Who right. does that? It, it can't be. So if God is calling you to calling you to business, He's calling you to speak to people. He's calling you to, to influence women or men, or you have a particular audience that God is saying, "I want you to speak to and impact and impart in them." They have to come. Mm-hmm. So if they're not, this is always a concern between with me. Like I have to go to God and say, where do I need to increase my capacity so that I can serve at a greater level? It's not that he doesn't have them for me. Noah built the boat before he knew how many animals were going to get on it. Mm-hmm. Now, how crazy did that look? Right? right. And so that's what we're doing. Often we're building a boat. And the fact is we don't see, we just see the boat. We don't see rain. We don't see anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the fact is, this is what's happening and it's never rained. That is a fact. Right. These are all facts. But the truth is that God was going to fill the boat. The truth is that God had a plan for Noah. And the truth is, God has a plan for us. So what we see is not always what is true. Mm, amen. That's number two. Yeah. So good. Well, and like what you said about, you know, we, we can't believe everything that we see. We can't believe everything that we think either. And I, you know, I just think about like in terms of mindset with like operating a business and doing new things and stepping out of your comfort zone, like the amount of work that you have to do to intentionally be like, (laughs) but is this true? But is this true? Right? Like all the time, right? I oh, and you know, I'm truly grateful for the ways that um, you know, being in business and and having to learn that skill set. It helps me do that in real life too. Like of course there's things oh, in yeah. my own life, finances, you know, like there's there's so many ways that it helps me then look and be like, okay, this thing that is a fact, right? Like how am I interpreting it? What am I saying? Yeah. You know, like what am I making that mean? um, what is actually true. And I just like, I relate so hard to what you're saying about (laughs) the, the bank account comment where it's like, okay, but God's telling me to do this, but my bank account says this, like, nope, can't do it. Sorry. You like, like, can I tell you a story, Natalie? Yes, please do. (laughs) Listen, listen about that bank account. Okay. (laughs) Oh my God. You know what? I got fired from my job. It wasn't like I was trying to like, I was, and I was happy. I didn't even know yeah. I was, I didn't even know there was a problem. Mm-hmm. It was literally a Saul and David situation. Like mm-hmm. it overnight, it just shifted. Mm-hmm. And here's what happened. So God says, Monica, I want you to go into, he says, when this stuff started happening, it was really ugly. It was the most painful experience outside of my dad's death. It, it was, it was probably in the top three of painful experiences of my, of my life. I mean, betrayal mm-hmm. at its yeah. worst. Right. And so I'm like shell-shocked because it happened so suddenly. And I remember God saying to me, I was journaling. He said, I don't want you to go back to the workforce. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Just, just so you know, God, <laughs> one, I'm not ready for this. I have bills to pay and I have debt we're getting out of. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, uh, they had just started paying me my rightful salary. I had found out that um, I was being paid like $20,000 less than other directors in my, in my organization. And so they just started paying me. Right. And then I get fired. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm like, Oh, Oh, I, I, I can't do this. The facts say, this is how much debt we have. Here's what our living expenses are. And we're not in a position to make this leap. That's Mm -hmm. the fact. The truth is, and I have it in my journal. God said to me consistently, I don't want you to go back to the workforce. And he started dealing with me around that, like four months prior and said, Hey, I want you to start preparing. And I'm like, okay, so I'm preparing, but I must have been too slow for him or something. Cause he was like, you're taking too long girl. <laughs> so anyway, I ended up real quickly. I ended up um, telling God, Hey, you need to tell my husband because he needs to like, know that this is what you're saying. Cause I'll this, this right here, this is a big deal. Right. So here's the deal. I actually obey. I step out. I obey. Um, I file for unemployment. Cause I'm like, I don't know if this is me, this is God. Cause you just don't know where you are. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then that was nothing, a drop in the bucket to what, um, you know, I, my salary was. And so I'm like, God, what are you saying? He said, I want you to, you know, start your own business. I want you to really go full time into your coaching. Here's mm-hmm. what's interesting. Three months later, he says to me, I want you to, I needed a platform. I was using WordPress and I was using, I think, AWeber. I had all of these different things all over. I'm like, I need an all in one place where I can run my business. And I found this platform and it was like $200 a month. And I'm like, I can't afford, like, we just not, we, we, we not doing that. We don't have that. Like, that's not yeah. even an option when you don't have a job. 
-hmm. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to use this platform. And I'm like, I don't have the money. He said, I don't want you to take out credit either. Come on. <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying? There's so much more, but I'm going to give you the, the short version. Here's what happened. I said yes to God and got on the 14-day trial with a card that I knew was going to decline probably if I didn't get money in those 14 days. Mm -hmm. Short enough, the card declined because I'm like, I don't have it. And they were like, oh, you know, we'll give you a couple more days. Do you not know? I was sitting at my table and the Holy Spirit said, um, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I need to pay this. If you want me to do this, I don't have the money. I don't know what you want me to do. I can't afford it. And he said, check your phone. You know, someone sent me a message and said, hey, I'm thinking about you and zelled me $200. Wow. That's not even the great part, Natalie. Here's the great part. This person, same person, sent me $200 every single month until I got my first invoice for a contract. Every month. Random. Wow. And she always sent it when I needed to make that payment. That's so amazing. the fact, yeah. I did not have the money. That is factual. Mm -hmm. And I can prove it. The truth is God provides for what he plans. Oh, so good. <laughs> I'm so glad you shared that story. That is so good. And I, I, I also love the fact that you said that you like wrote down multiple times in your journal, like you could flip back and like see all the times where like he was telling you that. Cause I do that all the time. Like if I feel like God's telling me something, I got to write it down because I know that I'm going to be like, well, yes. I don't think, well, the, like, was that really God? Was that really me? Right? Like the struggle of every Christian ever, like, every, you know? Yes, and yes. so it's like when you can flip back and see pages and pages, like, I mean, and it, oh. it like just being real, real talk, as you always say, like, yes. it usually takes me weeks, maybe months. Like there's, there's often, I can think of several different examples where like when I felt like God was, um, telling me to transition from brand design to coaching, I could look back and over a period of months, I kept writing down. I just, I feel like God's telling me to do coaching. God, I like, are you really yeah. wanting me to do yeah. this? Okay. Yes. I'm feeling like the sense that you are like, like so many instances in my journal where I was like, oh my gosh, yes. did it, why did it take me that long to like <laughs> our humanity, so, you know? Yeah. And yep. also because of these lies, the yeah. lies that we've told ourselves, the lies yeah. that we've you know, we believe, and here's the thing, it's not even because the world is telling us these lies. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times, and I understand, and I know, you know, leaders mean well, but I can't tell you how many times that I've heard, you never ever go into business unless you have three to six months worth of income saved up to take yeah. that leap, mm -hmm. right? And so now I am torn between what's been said in the church and what God is telling me repeatedly. Even mm -hmm. my husband, when my husband came to me and was like, yeah, like he, he, con he confirmed. And so you, now we're having this battle. And this is what I say. And I don't know if this might, you know, frustrate or upset, um, you know, I don't know, pastors. And that's not my intention, but I'm going to be honest. I told someone this yesterday, the leading voice in our life has to be the Holy Spirit. He does use people to speak truth into us. He absolutely, absolutely uses our leaders and pastors. And I love him. My dad was a pastor. My brother's a pastor. You know, I was raised in ministry in and around leaders. I love, love, love the structure of the church and what God does through the body. But we have to remember the leading voice is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And had I not taken the leap, really, had I not taken the steps of faith um, that felt like a leap at the time, <laughs> it felt like mm -hmm. a huge leap, had I not obeyed God, what I'm seeing in my life, not just externally, Natalie, the transformation of my soul, mm -hmm. because I said yes to God. And I think this is where it gets lost. Do you not know stepping in fully into your call is how you're transformed? Mm -hmm. It is not simply by praying, reading, fasting, giving, and just doing spiritual disciplines. The way that you are transformed is because you have encounters and experiences with God that change your life forever. I will tell the story I just told until I die because it changed my life. And that's because I stepped into the call of God on my life and I'm having influence in the place that God wants me to have it. And the enemies lied to us and told us that not having enough money and not having the right people, not getting permission tells us that we makes us feel like we can't. It's just mm -hmm. not true. It's mm -hmm. a lie. Mm -hmm. Things are factual. I don't yes. deny the fact, but I will tell you everything isn't true. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's slide number three? Line number three, all I need is God. 
all I need is God. This is really interesting. And it sounds good though. Sounds good mm -hmm. and spiritual. Oh my uh -huh. God, all I need is God. Oh my God, all I need is God. Well, the truth is in order for you to have all of God, you also have to, have to accept God's people. Mm, you yep. cannot have all of God and not accept God's people. And what do I mean by that? In order for us to execute the work God's calling us to do, we have to partner with his people, mm -hmm. period. You don't, you cannot do this with just you and your Bible and your knowledge and your information and whatever you do. Because the reality is this, you know, this is why I want to really expose this one because we say things like all I need is God while we're online looking for freebies, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Looking for someone else's resources to help yep. us. But if all you need is God, then you don't need to go do that either. Just sit there with your legs crossed and wait. Mm -hmm. And then let them dump it from heaven and then you go. And I know, you know, this is real, right? I can do this. I, no, you can't. And nor should you want to. You know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a babe, blessing in business. And I love, shout out to Anita. Yes. <laughs> because this is what's interesting. When I, when I joined uh, blessing in business, I remember the Holy Spirit telling me, you've gone as far as you can by yourself. By myself, meaning that I wasn't in a coaching program. I had purchased some, a course and purchased some things I was investing, but he said, you need coaching now. You've gone as far as you can by yourself and get this. And I'm not going to take your business any further until you partner with somebody. Wow. And he sent me to Anita. Yeah. And so it's interesting. So when I started working with Anita and God showed me that she was my coach, it's a whole nother conversation, even how he showed me that. And I didn't know anything about her. It was actually by purchasing another program that I actually found Anita, right? And it was really interesting. And so what was interesting, what was even more interesting was that when I started working with her, the Holy Spirit began to reveal to me, he said, listen, this isn't just about her being able to support you and help you in your business. I need you to invest in her kingdom call. Mm, yeah. That's why we, we have to have coaches and people who are in the faith, I believe. Mm -hmm. Like if I, if I can find somebody who's a believer who can serve me, that's where I'm going first. Mm -hmm. And that's not because you know, of any discriminations, because our values are aligned. We just have values that are aligned, right? Yeah. And so um, when we're investing in other people's call, we are supporting the work of the kingdom. And so when I realized that it changed my, get this Natalie, it changed my thinking from this scarcity thinking of needing money to get stuff done to realizing that I work under an open heaven and whoever God wants to pour into, he's going to pour through me so I can pour into. And here's what's even better. He gave a need so that I can actually go get it met. Mm -hmm. Without a business, there was no need. Without mm -hmm. obedience, there was no need. It was a need for, and get, listen to me, listen, this, let me tell you this. <laughs> listen, this is, blows my mind. Before Anita ever knew she was going to coach, before I ever knew I was going to coach, God knew what needed to happen and what spiritual transactions needed to take place to support and to move things forward. The reason mm -hmm. I'm talking to you is because I obeyed to support someone else's call. And now I'm talking to you to help you support what you're calling to do and vice versa. Mm -hmm. It is necessary that we absolutely tap into the body and where we need to invest and pay, we do so. Mm -hmm. It is a principle of sowing and reaping, my friend. Mm -hmm. I am sowing into good ground and I am reaping a wonderful harvest. Yes, so the yes. lie is the enemy makes you think that you can do this by yourself and you can do this for free. And mm -hmm. I just need God, no, 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 no. God gave us people Let's not deny the provision of people that he's given us. We won't deny the, the, the provision of money. Mm -hmm. Let's not de deny the provision of people. Yeah, 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 exactly. God provides through people. Like, you know, we're asking for help with something. Well, here's the person. No, 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 no. I want your help. It's like, well, but that's how I'm trying to help you. Like I sent this person to help you and you're saying, no, you don't want it, right? Um, yeah, Absolutely. oh my gosh. And, and you know, it is like, it's interesting. I'm, I'm sure I've said that, um, you know, at different points in my business, but I, I see women say that a lot. Like, obviously you do too. The fact that you've got this in the top, you know, four lies that you can think of, um, that are really stopping women and getting in their way because, you know, it's like we, it comes, I believe it comes from a good place of like, mm -hmm. I really want to do this God's way. I really want to rely mm -hmm. on God, but it, it is a perspective shift. Like you said, um, especially that piece about, you know, by me, first of all, it's an act of obedience. Like if I feel Absolutely. like God's 
telling me to work with this person, I know there's a good reason. It very well Absolutely. may not be the reason why I think it is, right? Like I think about different programs or coaches that I've worked with thinking I'm going into it, gonna like I'm gonna expect one outcome or get a certain thing from it. Mm -hmm. And I don't get that thing from it. I get something else. And it was still something that I needed. Right. So there's there's Absolutely. that part of like, you know, when God says something, you do it. You know, <laughs> you don't question it. But also the the huge perspective shift of the fact that you are making an impact through this investment. It's not an expense. It's an, it's an investment. So you're going to get a return and you're also investing yes. in that person and supporting whatever they're doing, supporting their family, supporting Absolutely. the impact that they're called to make. So, so, so good. Um, I, love I love it. Yes. Okay. What's lie number four? Lie number four is that I need validation or permission. Mm. And the truth is your validation comes from God. Yeah. Natalie, when I tell you, this is the biggest, um, it's one of the biggest lies and it's one of the most um, cunning tricks, I think, of the enemy. So we mm -hmm. understand, you know, I don't know, I might, you know, we're afraid of rejection and all of these things and, you know, people pleasing, we talk about all of that. And when at the core of all of this is really a fractured identity, right? That's the core of this. Our identity is fractured mm -hmm. and we want people to piece it together. And by getting people to uh, validate and tell us that we're okay and it's okay to do, we feel like it's gonna, it's gonna actually piece us back together and we'll feel whole until those people mm -hmm. no longer agree with what you're doing and then you're back to square one. Yeah. And this is what, this is my, one of my favorite scriptures. One of my favorite scriptures is uh, Galatians 1.10. And Paul is telling, talking to the Galatian church and he says, look, <laughs> if I wanna be, a, if, if I want to be a servant of Christ, you know, I can't, in paraphrasing, I can't be a pleaser of people. Mm -hmm. yep. Like I can't do both. It is such a profound statement to me because it really takes, it, it doesn't say if I want to uh, please God, I can't please people. He said servant of Christ. And it's really interesting because what our goal is, is to single-mindedly serve Christ. Mm -hmm. And this is what it says in Romans. If we single-mindedly serve Christ, will honor God and will please others. It actually says that, I think it's 14, I gotta find it. I can't, I'll find it and I'll let you know. I think it's 14, 17 and 18 in Romans. And so I love this. And of course, both of these letters are from Paul. And what I love about it is we spend so much time waiting for people to tell us it's okay. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to be great. Well, first of all, I didn't ask you. That's number one. <laughs> number two, God made me. That's already been done. <laughs> it's already been done. My greatness did not come because of what I do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come because of my success. And it is not because of my outcomes. My greatness is only because of the Christ that already lives in me. If I don't do another thing for the rest of my life, I am still great. Mm -hmm. Period. Let's just get that clear. And so we haven't owned the fact that we are already validated. We already have permission to to execute we have permission to dream not just dream but to actually live the dream out God has given me the permission when he created me that was my permission to be great mm -hmm. and so what we've done is we've allowed people we need this kind of validation and when people get this when people like our post when they respond to social media then that tells us we're doing a good job when they don't respond to the post when they don't show up on my live it tells me I'm not doing a good job Mm -hmm. Now, it may be factual that you have some tweaking to do, that you got to tighten up your message, or maybe the way that you're going live isn't appealing and a, attractive in a way that people are really compelled to listen. Maybe that there's some work that needs to be done. It doesn't change the fundamental fact that whatever God placed in you that needs to get out is still in you. You just have to now work it out in public, and that takes some work, and it doesn't always look pretty, and that's kind of a little bit challenging. But the lie the enemy tells us is if people don't agree, if people don't like it, if they don't like it, if they don't share it, if they don't get on board with it, if they tell you you're wrong and you know I've spoken to you, then you feel like you're not allowed to move. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many people I work with, Natalie, oh my Lord, that has struggled with stepping out because someone said, some leader, some mentor, some person said, you shouldn't do this. Yeah. Now, I understand spiritual authority and, and I understand 
you know, having people in your life that can help see for you and all of that, you know, helps help you see and help you take the right steps. Um, but the reality is this is what God showed me. When I'm aligned with God and I'm walking in step with him, the people that need to validate me will. They always should be aligned with God. I never, I've never had an issue when God told me to do something with people who, um, who were also aligned with God telling me something that was opposite. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a quick example. When I stepped out into my business, um, you know, I was raised in a very uh, different culture of church. I'll just say that. And so it's very, you know, hierarchical and, you know, you know, you get permission and all this stuff and it yeah. can make you feel a little weird. Like, am I allowed to? Am I not allowed to? All mm-hmm. this stuff. So when I stepped out into my business and I'm using a lot of Bible and teaching and training and that type of thing, I felt like, okay, let me tell my pastors, am I allowed? Am I not allowed? I go to a pretty large church. And so they probably like, okay. But I just felt like uncomfortable stepping fully out if they didn't know and was I allowed? And it just was tearing my head up. Like it was just a mess. So I just made an appointment with one of the pastors and I said, look, I just want to share this with you. Here's how I'm feeling. And he said to me, go for it. Do whatever God told you to do. You need something from us? Let us know. As a matter of fact, you know, thanks for letting me know. So now we know how to pray for you. And who knows, you know, sometimes it's because we can help push whatever God is doing in you forward. But you, mm-hmm. if God is telling you to do that, go for it. Mm-hmm. That's how you know you're aligned with the right people. Yeah. Because they also tell you what God has already been speaking to you. Mm-hmm. If every voice is anti what God is speaking to you, you better get the right voices. So right. your validation is already from God. Own it. Mm-hmm. Walk in it. And then execute. Boldly embrace who God is calling you to be. Wherever there needs to be people to help support you or help you kind of mentor you, ask God to send them, he will. And I guarantee you, guarantee there will never be anybody in your life that will speak against what God is doing when you're aligned with the father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really love um, the point that you said kind of at the beginning of, you know, when we are seeking validation, you know, it's an identity problem and we're trying to like piece it together with like this external validation. And like, this is going to like, I mean, the amount of time, the amount of things that we can do that with in our life, right? Like seeking validation with business, with our life in general. Um, But that is what it comes down to. And I've never thought of it in that perspective, but I'm such a visual person. So anytime you say any sort of analogy that I can like visually picture it, I'm like, yes, like that's totally what it is. Like we're trying to visual. That's why. Like we're trying to piece together, like the listeners can't see, but I'm doing things with my hands. Like we're trying to like piece it together so that we, we feel complete and we feel whole and feel like we can do this from a whole place of, of, you know, here I am and here's my, you know, here, here's who I am and I'm putting myself out there. Um, obviously our identity has a tremendous impact on everything that we do. And so like doing it from a place of empty, right. And not letting God pour into you and fill you up and getting that validation from him. Um, is going to cause a whole lot of problems. And I just, I, I'm so happy that you put it that way because it's just, even for me, like something just clicked when you said that I'm like, that is absolutely what it is. It's an identity problem. Yes. And it's scary because, you know, when we realize that our identity is not rooted and grounded in Christ, we really are subject to whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Like if you think of it, like if you think of a vase, right? You know, you're this beautiful vase in this, in this uh, store window. Oh my God. And so the reason why you're so pretty is because, you know, whoever made you, like, you know, made you, right? God mm-hmm. made you, he put you in this, this beautiful display. Now people in life happens and it puts cracks in your vessel, mm-hmm. right? So you're in the window. God created you perfect, beautiful. And I love what, what, what um, the New Living Translation version says, uh, Psalms 139, 13, that God made me wonderfully complex. Mm-hmm. He made me wonderfully complex, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made. So here I am in this window, beautiful vase. Life has happened and it's cracking, right? Cracks have happened. And so now I have a tendency to now shrink back. I want to come off of this top shelf because I have cracks in me and I don't want anybody to see this. Doesn't mean that I'm not made a beautiful vessel. I'm still a beautiful mm-hmm. vessel, but life has happened. And so what we do, instead of saying, God, can you fill these cracks? right? Can you fill these cracks and can you make me whole? And can you pull all these pieces together so I can show up in a way that I feel confident? What we do is we go call the owner 
hey, can you get me a piece of that glass over there? And can you still patch this in? And we talked to somebody, hey, can you get that? And can you, and so we talked to people to tell us, hey, do you think, this is okay. You ask your friend, you think I should do this? You know, how many times are we asking people about our products, programs, and services who aren't even our ideal customer? Yeah. <laughs> not even our ideal Don't customer do that. Because of what they say. Yeah. Right. Because of what they say, we now switch our entire program because those people carry a weight in our life, right? So mm -hmm. even though, even if God says, hey, here's what I want you to do, and he fills that space, we'll get somebody else to come in. And then they tell us something that, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And they now take out what God has already put in. Mm -hmm. And so we're constantly trying to fill ourselves and get back where we were. And what I've learned to do, Natalie, is say, you know what? I don't need a whole bunch of voices. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Yeah. I, I have a very tight circle of people who can speak into my life. Mm -hmm. And I may, I've vet them. Just like you vet a president, I've vet my lesson. I've vet them to see if we're aligned. And when I do that, it keeps me from feeling like I got to go all over the place to be whole. My wholeness my foundation, my identity and my is, is rooted and it's grounded in the love of God for me, not in what I do, not in what people say. It doesn't mean I don't have fear at times. It doesn't mean I don't struggle with things at times. But let me just say this real quick. There's a difference between limiting beliefs and mental strongholds. Mm -hmm. I can have a limiting belief and it not be a mental stronghold. And so what I do with the belief to, uh, to overcome it is very different than what I would have to do for something that's lodged in my thinking. And so everything is not a mental stronghold. It's just a belief. Overcome that thing and keep it moving. And so the belief is that you need, you need people to validate you. No, you don't. You're mm -hmm. already validated. Mm -hmm. Go and do what God says. Yeah. So I just have to share. I know I've said this on the podcast once before. I think it was the episode that I did. Um, I don't remember the episode number with Heather Shriver Burns is when I mentioned this last time, but I have to say it again because it's so good and very relevant to what you're sharing because you gave the vase example and I was like, oh my gosh. So they do this thing in Japan. I forget what the term it is where, I don't know if you've heard this before, where like if pottery is broken, they will fix it with like gold. So like, like this beautiful picture. Have you heard that before? Yeah. Yeah, like, keep telling it though. Keep telling it. I love it. But like, it's such a, like, what a beautiful picture of like what God does with us, like these broken Absolutely. places. And he just like makes it beautiful and fixes it in a way that duct tape from other people, you know, Absolutely. could not. Right. And it's yes. just, I, I wish I could remember the term of it. I know it's, it's um, something that they do in Japan though. It's just such a beautiful, you know, imagery of, of exactly what you're talking about. And you know what's great, even great about that, Natalie, is that when that happens, even what, what was meant to keep you from showing up fully is what now attracts people to you. Yeah, you now it's can unique. Embrace. This is what, yeah, that's what I tell my students. Now you can embrace your design. Mm -hmm. Those defining moments that gave you that crack, right? God is using that defining moment now to say, guess what? It's okay, because I was going to fill this anyway. And this is why you're attracting a certain type of people because mm -hmm. of the certain types of cracks you have. Yep. Right. The reason I can see and serve certain types of people in my audience is because I was, I had those cracks and I knew how God filled them. And he gave me a way to help other people kind of move them in that direction and say, Hey, here's how this can be filled. And here's how you can now show up. And so it makes your vase even, just so beautiful mm -hmm. because now everybody's vase looks different in the window yeah. and no one has to compete because everybody's vase is attracting a different type of person. And that person who sees your vase, cracks in all beautiful gold, whatever, right? They're like, oh my God, they're standing in awe of who you are and God and what he's doing in and through you. You're the one feeling like you're not enough. Mm -hmm. The audience is saying, oh, give me more. You're the yeah. one feeling like you're not good enough. No, it's a lie. Oh, I hate the devil. It's a lie. <laughs> it's such a lie. It's such a lie. It is. Okay. So I want you to share one last thing. Um, and it's something that you shared with me in an earlier conversation, um, talking about, you know, validation. Can you share the thing that you, you told me before about Paul's confidence in Romans 1, 1? Yes. So Romans 1, 1 is my favorite, one of my favorite verses. And here's what's crazy about it. It's not like some like, uh, verse where there's like a huge promise, like God promised to whatever. Right. Um, it's in the NIV, it says, Paul, servant of Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart uh, for the gospel, set apart for the gospel of God. When he talks about the type of gospel and he just talks about how he's called and he's set apart and other versions have different wording. 
So here's what was interesting to me about this passage. It really just stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Is that Paul is writing a letter to Jews and Gentiles who don't know him. Mm-hmm. They don't know him. They've never met him. First of all, who, who says that? And it's a very long letter. The book of Romans is a very long letter. I don't know what was going on, but it's a long letter. <laughs> it's a letter. It is not like just a, a narrative. It is a letter. So he's writing this long letter to this audience, right? And here's the thing, Natalie, they've never met him. And then he, in like the first three chapters or so, he's like really digging into them. Like Mm -hmm. he's kind of like pretty harsh. Like, let me tell you, don't think you're all that because you're a Jew. Your heart has to be circumcised, not just, you know, you know, the other part circumcision, you know, and here's the kind of sin and here's what God says. And here's this, I mean, he's giving, I mean, he's obeying God. Oh my Mm -hmm. goodness. This gives me so much. Oh, (laughs) Paul shows up in such confidence. Mm-hmm. simply because he was set apart. And this is what he said. I'm set apart and I'm called and I'm going to do this. And from Romans 1 and 1, I created this, um, I call them truth statements. I don't even call them affirmations anymore because they do more than affirm. These are truth. These are statements of truth that changed my life. And from Romans 1 and 1, I started saying to myself, I am called, I am anointed, and I am very good at what God's called me to do. And at first, when I first said it, Natalie, I felt kind of, you know, that, that churchy thing where you get like, oh my God, you're being prideful. Oh my God, this yeah. isn't about <laughs> you. And that, that, that. I was like, girl, cut it out. Cut this out. You are called, which means who am I called by? I ain't called myself by God. Mm-hmm. You are anointed. Well, who anointed you? Couldn't be you. That was by God. And you are very good at what I called you to do. Like mm-hmm. God, God, and God. Yep. And so I started saying to myself, I am called. I am anointed and I am very good at what God's called me to do. And the reason we had this conversation earlier, Natalie, is because I was talking to you (laughs) and I said something about you helping me. And you were like, yeah, I I said something like, you know, I think you can help me. You were like, absolutely, I can or something to that effect. And I was like, "Uh oh, wait a minute. It was so confident. And I want people to know this. Paul, he made no apologies for who he was or what he did before Christ and after he, be- after he became a believer, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't have to make an apology for being who I am in God. I don't have to make an apology for the way that I talk, for the way that I teach or train for the people that I draw. I do not have to make an apology for simply walking in my God divine purpose. Yeah. What I have to do is show up so that the people who, like with Paul in Romans and in the book of Romans, that church, the Jews and Gentiles in that church, so they can hear the truth that will transform their life forever. Romans is where Paul says there's no, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So even though he let them know, here's truth, this might be a little tough, there's no condemnation. If Paul didn't step in that full authority, they may not have gotten that letter. And guess what? Neither would have we. Mm-hmm. So we have an obligation, like Paul, to show up and say, I am called. I am anointed and I am very good at what God's called me to do. Yes, 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 and yes. Oh, I love that so much. Like when we were talking earlier, I wrote it down right away. I'm like, I am called, I am or I'm called, I'm anointed, and I'm very good at what I do. Like, so good. I love it so much. And I, it makes me think um, back to a post that I did in my Facebook group um, semi-recently in the past month or so. Um, where I was just like dealing with this like mindset drama, imposter syndrome, bish kind of stuff coming up. Um, and I was reading the verse about, um, you know, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And, and the, the thing that stood out to me was apart from me, you can do nothing. And I was like, okay, there it is. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I wrote this whole post about like, it it was a journal entry is what it started out as. And then I was like, that was good. Other people need to hear that because it it just, it got me fired up where I was like, hang on. Like I'm over here being like, who am I to do this? And it's like, but, but God's telling me to do this. And he's saying, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so I'm over here struggling because I'm trying to do it by myself is what was happening. And it just got me so fired up. And, you know, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, we are called, we are anointed, and we are very good at what what we are called to do by God, right? Absolutely. Period. Absolutely. (laughs) In which you said, Natalie, that same verse you were just talking about, Mm -hmm. right? Apart from me, you can do nothing. He also says that if you stay in me, my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you want and it's done for you. Mm -hmm. So when you are in him, Girl, come on. When you are when you are in him, 
Are you serious? And that's to say, and right after that, that's when it says you bring the father uh, glory when yeah. you produce not just fruit. Let me just be clear. When you produce much fruit, mm-hmm. right? And so when you are, when you are in him and you remain in him, are you like, listen, you are under an open heaven. You are operating under an open heaven. There is nothing about your wiring and your calling that cannot get done when you recognize the, uh, recognize the one who called you and who's living in you. Like, are you mm-hmm. kidding me? The power that raised Christ from the dead is a power that, li- girl, listen, are you serious? That's a whole game changer. If we live in yeah. that truth, think about living in that truth. The mm-hmm. power that I'm operating in today mm-hmm. and my frail human body, the power that operates in me is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Are you kidding me? Do you yeah. know what kind of power that is? Yeah. And we don't want to fully step into it because someone may not agree. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm good. Like, no, 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 no. I have an obligation because that power that raised Christ from the dead was so that we could have a life. Mm-hmm. So that power that's in me is so I can also help bring life to someone else, not eternal life, but like, like I can impact them and influence them to, to live the life that God designed and desired for them. Mm-hmm. I have to show up. Yeah. I'm obligated. Yeah. I'm obligated. Yeah. And that's, that is literally what I said in that post. I'm like, it is a responsibility to show up. Like you are obligated. Yes. Like So we're on the same page. I am totally with you because it is. So, and that, that is like a perfect note to, so to end this conversation on. Like it is, it's an obligation. We are obligated. We are responsible to do the thing that Absolutely. God's calling us to do. And so they need to go through these lies and replace these lies with the truth because that's what the truth is. is it is an obligation. Yes. Oh my gosh. I loved this conversation so much, Monica. I, I like, I need to go back and listen to it again. Cause this was so good. Um, can you tell the listeners where they can connect with you online if they want to just stay connected with everything that you're doing? Yes, yes, yes. They can connect with me on Facebook and it's just at Monica and then in my last name, SP and the number eight, because my last name is Spate and no one ever gets it right. Okay. SP and the number eight um, on Facebook and on IG. It's Monica underscore SP and um, eight. Yes, the number eight. And um, I also have a Facebook group. You can join my um, uh, Flow Tribe Facebook group is where we are just determined to live in our flow. And so you can join me there at just actually, uh, you can actually search for Flow Tribe mm-hmm. and it will come up. Mm-hmm. Search for Flow Tribe and it will come up. Awesome. Yes. Perfect. And my and website, will... monicaspate.com. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So check all of those places out. I will put all those links in the show description and the show notes as always. And thank you again, Monica. I seriously, absolutely loved this conversation. This was so good. <laughs> it was good. Thank you for having me, Natalie. I appreciate it. Yes. Thanks so much for listening today. If you love this podcast episode, there's two things I want to invite you to do right now. Number one, head on over to Instagram and send me a DM at natalie.blenkush. I would love to hear any questions that came up and takeaways that you had from this episode. And number two, if you haven't already, head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a rating and review. It means the world to me because I love hearing what you're learning and how the show has impacted you, but it also creates an even bigger ripple effect by helping other women discover this podcast. All right, that's it for today. I will talk to you on the next episode.